Good morning, gentlemen. My name is Charlie Ungamak, and you are listening to Man Talk Monday on the Gird Up Podcast. I'm flying solo today. Uh, I usually have another guy on here with me, but uh, like I said, flying solo today. It's going to be good, though. Uh, we're going to talk about some manhood stuff today. So before we get started, make sure you're following us on social media, finding us on Facebook, uh, joining the Facebook community. We have a Gird Up community there on Facebook, great place for men to interact with each other, to communicate, to build uh, strong relationships with each other, and uh, find other men who are seeking after genuine Christian manhood and chasing after what it means to be a man of God, uh, then make sure you're following us on Instagram. And finally, make sure that if the Lord puts it on your heart to support our podcast, to support our ministry, you're finding us on Patreon. You can give either a one-time gift or a repeating gift there. Uh, you could also choose to support our podcast by sponsoring an episode or two, whatever floats your boat, whatever uh, the Lord places on your heart to do. If nothing else, make sure you're sharing this thing with friends and family and men in your life who you know need to man up, need to be the man, uh, be closer to God, need to find identity as Christian men, and uh, continue to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. With that said, let's get started here with Man Talk Monday. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. All right, fellas. So um, the conversation about masculinity, particularly toxic masculinity, seems to have been fading a little bit from the limelight, fading from our constant news cycles, uh, at least for the meantime, as some of these higher profile cases of, of sexual assault and things like that have started to fade into the background, at least as far as the news are concerned. And it's not a part of our daily conversation, I think, at the moment, uh, but it's, it's going to continue to rear its ugly head. It's going to continue to come back, and we're going to have to continue to have conversations about it. And the reality is the issues that are facing us in this day and age, the issues that are facing us right now, especially in regards to toxic masculinity, um, they're not going away anytime soon and they're going to they're going to continue to keep coming back. So we need to be prepared to address it. We need to be prepared to have a conversation about it. We also need to recognize the risks involved with some of these proposed solutions to the problem. Uh, so we're going to base this conversation on The Abolition of Man by C.S. Lewis. Uh, we're also going to talk about a couple other people in here too, but mostly uh, C.S. Lewis if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that he's on my reading list pretty regularly. This is The Abolition of Man. He wrote it almost 100 years ago now, and it still applies. It maybe applies better now than it did then even when he wrote it, uh, which is a testament to its longevity and it's a testament to the quality of writing that he was doing. But he, he starts out by pointing out simply that God has instilled innately in creation a natural order of things. There's a, there's a way that God created it. Um, there is a way, right? The way, as we call it as Christians, uh, is the overarching and objective morality, value, justice. It is the way, right? It's, it's the natural order of things. And this is not a construct of Christianity or even Judeo-Christian tradition. Um, this is found all over the world in all different cultures. The Chinese, they speak of something called the Tao, is the same concept, right? Uh, Hindus have the Rata, I think that's how you pronounce it, the Rata, um, where again, it's it's one, it's it's beyond creation, right? It's something bigger than we are. It's something bigger than we understand. It's something that pre-existed humans. 
Um, Aristotle and Plato also spoke of God, good and reason and ethics as being beyond existence, right? The things that exist can all be taken away and destroyed, but good and reason and ethics, they're all beyond existence as they, as they described. They're talking about the way. They're talking about the natural order of things as God created them. The point is that there is, there is a natural order, um, and it's established by the Creator Himself. This order is clearly apparent and valuable, and it's even vital in a natural world, um, which is pretty easy to see. We, it, we see it in the study of biology, study of animals, um, when we look at the planets and the stars and how they all rotate, and it's predictable, right? We, we, can un, we can predict the weather because we see patterns. Everything has an order. There's a natural order to it. And it also applies to human life and to human beings. Um, it is In a natural world, it's necessary that a strong, dominant male protect the physically and emotionally vulnerable female. Uh, and we're talking about humans now. In nature, in a purely natural world, not the modern world we live in, but in a purely natural world, it is necessary that a strong and dominant male protect the the vulnerable female, particularly during the ultra-vulnerable times of... um, like childbirth and child rearing. You think about just how vulnerable a woman is during those times. Even outside of this time, um, the child rearing and childbirth time, the female human being is in this in the untamed and uncultured and um, unaltered wildness that we were created in. The female is very vulnerable, just due to the physiology of the of the female body. Um, human babies, this is, this is crazy. I didn't know this before, but human babies are actually born earlier than any other mammal baby is born. If like so, obviously different animals have different gestation periods. But for if the if a human baby uh, gestate if the, if the baby's gestation period was the same proportionally to to other mammals of. of you know, the same size, the baby would be in there for up to another two years before the baby was actually born, before it developed to the point where the baby would be born, which means that human babies are far more, far more vulnerable um, when they leave the womb, when they're born, than any other, than any other mammal is. Um, And so that also means that the mother in caring for that infant is far more vulnerable than any, any wild animal you would see. And actually, um, the the woman uh, a, a woman a female human we are the only mammal that walks upright the way we do and so in order to be able to carry a child the way a woman's body carries a child um the like if a woman's pelvis was any wider uh, like if the woman's if a, if a, if your average woman's pelvis was any was like adapted or evolved or whatever you want to say was anyway if, if it was created any wider than it is it would be almost impossible for a woman to even run. That's how that's how close um, the 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 body's limits are tested, particularly during pregnancy. Right. So um, God created women more vulnerable than any other mammal, and, and in the wild world, it, a man's responsibility was to physically protect that woman. Uh, particularly during the child the process of childbirth and then after childbirth, and think about how much. Childbirth and child rearing has an effect on a woman's body. It takes weeks, at best, it takes weeks, months, sometimes even years um, for her body to recover from, from childbirth. And it never really goes back to the state it was beforehand. And, and I'm not saying all of this. I'm not saying all of this because I believe that men are inherently 
better than women or stronger than women or that we need to um, physically dominate or, or anything. I'm not saying that at all. I, it, if you, God clearly lays out in, in Scripture that men ought to serve their wives and wives ought to serve their husbands. If, if men and women live out their calling as men and women of God the way that God prescribes it in Scripture— then the just incredible mutual respect they have for each other is going to, to at least inside that relationship, there's not going to be an issue of, of uh, feminism versus masculinity. If, if, we, if we act the way God prescribes us to act towards each other, we're not going to have that issue at all. The point I'm trying to get to here is this. Masculinity and male dominance serve a very clear and distinct purpose. We have altered and, and changed the natural world to the point where men no longer need to be physically dominant in order to keep the average woman living in society safe. Right? We don't need that anymore at this, at this moment. But we need to understand two things about the safety we enjoy and the security that we enjoy as Americans. One... As George Orwell eloquently put, those who have horror violence can do so only because others are committing violence on their behalf. Um, there's an adaptation of this quote that you'll see that you'll see around social media a lot that says, "People who sleep safely in their beds at night do so simply because rough men wait ready to do violence on their behalf." And it's absolutely true. Um, and uh, when George Orwell was writing about Rudyard Kipling, he said, um, he sees clearly that men can be highly civilized only while other men, inevitably less civilized, are there to guard and feed them. The reality is that these high ideals that um, right now American society is fighting for, these high ideals where um, there is no, there is no danger, there is no risk, you know, where there is no masculinity, um, and we're the, the the American society right now is kind of trying to put masculinity away. All right? We're trying to do away with it. Um, the reality is that in order to have that attitude, you must live in a bl- under a blanket of security provided by someone who is living out, who is living manfully, who is willing to express the that violence, who is going to do violence on your behalf, so that you have the ability to bask in that freedom and bask in that comfort and bask in that safety. The second thing you got to understand is that when we step outside of the way, the natural order of things, and we we start to circumvent you know, the, the natural order and say that, you know, masculinity is not necessary. Um, we, we, what we're doing is we're stepping into a void where there are no absolutes. Then if there is no absolute masculinity, there is no absolute gender. There are no absolute roles. There is no absolute reality. Um, without the natural order, men are not men. They're simply artifacts and women are not women. They're simply artifacts as well. We dehumanize is what we're doing. And the final act of man's of man's conquest of nature is to then <laughs> to, uh, remove ourselves from nature. Does that make sense? As we we have tamed and adapted and domesticated things to the point, including ourselves, to the point where we we're losing reality. Right, we're losing ourselves in this process of domestication. 
um, we've lost or, or even sacrificed, you could say, part of our nature as men, most notably our wildness, I would say, um, and, and violence as well. But we've lost or sacrificed part of our nature for the sake of civility, and that's a good thing. Um, like it, it's a good thing that we experience a level of safety and comfort where we don't have to express violence on a daily basis, where we don't have to actively um, defend ourselves and our families and our loved ones from some great physical threat. We can only give up so much of ourselves as men before it becomes a problem. Um, C.S. Lewis paints a picture here. Well, he uses a, a, an analogy here. He says, It's like the famous Irishman who found that a certain kind of stove reduced his fuel bill by half and thence concluded that two stoves of the same kind would enable him to warm his house with no fuel at all. So he bought another stove. He'll put, put two stoves in because then he thought it would be free, but in fact, he just ended up paying the same money he did before, right? It's the magician's bargain. Give up our soul and get power in return. But once we give up our souls, that is, once we give up ourselves, that power is conferred, the power that's conferred is not our own power. It's the power of someone else. We are slaves and puppets then um, to the people to whom we've given up our souls. So when we give up our masculinity, when we hand over um, our identity as men to whoever it may be, you know, those who are trying to reform society to the point where there is no gender, if we give that to them, we've surrendered our very selves. We're now just slaves to somebody else who owns our identity. Right? We're now just puppets to someone else who owns our identity. And the reality is, if we do not have men to do that violence on our behalf, if we do not have men who are willing to step up and be men, it's going to mean the downfall of our society. It's going to mean that this blanket of security we live under is going to end. We live in a highly volatile and dangerous time, whether we understand it or not. Um, and so my, my call to you, <laughs> my plea to you today, uh, is do, do not let the world strip us of our masculinity and manhood. Don't let them take it from us. Uh, we live in an extraordinary time where we face very little physical danger in our, in our regular daily lives. Um, and, we, and we are wealthier and more comfortable than any other people in history have ever been. But it cannot last. It will not last forever. That's what history says. And history has a tendency to repeat itself. Um, it will not last forever. And, and our futures and the future of our children and grandchildren um, depends de- entirely on the tradition of manhood, on, on the masculinity conveyed upon our sons and on their sons to follow, on the generations that follow them. Um, so my plea to you today is keep the fight or keep the faith. Uh, fight the good fight and be the men that God created you to be in anything and everything that you do. God bless you, brothers. Tune in tomorrow for an interview, and uh, I hope you have a great, great start to your week today. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. 
You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.